This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to, to another Teeth Toss. To Teeth Toss? Mm-hmm. Teeth Toss, where we doth talk about the teeth toss. <laughs> <laughs> this is Don't Blame Me, a wonderful, amazing podcast that you recommend to all of your friends and you look forward to every week and is the highlight of your Monday. We didn't make it hard by putting in, releasing episodes on a Monday, you know? Mm-hmm. Unless some people like really look forward to that Monday grind. It could be. They put this on as they're on their way to work. That's true. Start your day off right. 
I just love like love the idea that people like listen to us like while they're like doing spreadsheets and shit and we're just like talking about writing dicks and like their boss is like hey could you come over here and you're like you pause your cat one second and like they don't know what you're listening to <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it my name is Megan I'm joined by my co-host producer and the only reason this podcast ever gets posted and is edited and ev- everything I just show up and look cute sometimes <laughs> Melissa! I'm here. But we also have a team of other people, so it's not just me. We do, but you hired that team. That's true. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have I don't have um that many email addresses. If you just dip, if this was like in the Avengers where like the great dust happens and you dust it away, I'm so sorry everybody, but this podcast, I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> uh, sorry to this podcast. Uh I don't know who this podcast is. Well, when the rapture happens and I go away and all you heathens are left here, I'm sorry, but there won't be a podcast anymore because Megan doesn't know how to do it because I'm an angel and I'm going to go straight up. And me and Lil Nas X will be twerking on the (laughs) devil. And if the rapture happens, oh, so help me God, if I couldn't learn how to twerk during quarantine, I better. Oh, oh, help me. (laughs) What's the devil's name? Lucifer. Lucifer. Oh, so help me, Lucifer. I will learn how to twerk during the rapture. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. Because he, we deserve it. Heathens, if we can't do anything, we can, we're, we can, twerking. Twerking is for the devil. <laughs> so I will just do that. That will be me. Oh, yeah, we're going to give you some advice. Aren't you excited? Don't be, don't be sound like two people that you really want their opinions on your yeah. life. Well... Yeah. You fucking do because you called us or you sent in voice memos. And how do you do that? By um, giving us a ringling at 310-694-0976. You can leave us a voicemail there. We're not going to answer unless sometimes it rings while we're working and we like to answer. And not once no one has ever no responded. One. They immediately hang up. <laughs> so uh, don't worry. Yeah, I think people think they're calling the wrong number, but it's us. Oh, no, it's us. Like we answer. you like, <laughs> but- hi. But no one, every time we've answered it, people hang up immediately. Immediately. And then they'll call back and they're like, hey, um, and they're just like a little confused. But they're like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but yeah, we've done that like three times. And it's mm-hmm. always a great fun for us and no one ever answers. Yeah. So leave us a voicemail. Got to keep it under three minutes or you'll be cut off. We ask that you write down everything that you want to say. All of the ages of people involved, if it's about relationships, how long you've been together, as many details as possible that makes the story the most specific and detailed so we can understand it. We don't need like the random details. We don't need the day of the week. So we don't need that stuff. But then take your phone or an old fashioned timer. Uh, uh, was it a sundial? What's that one with the sand? Oh, that's an hourglass. An hourglass. Like sends through the hourglass. <laughs> so are the days of our lives. Oh, okay. That's the opening of Days of Our Lives. Gotcha. Got it. This makes so much sense. That aligns. (laughs) We ask that you write it down, time it out, make sure it's under three minutes. If you have more time and you're like missing, you like cut out some details or something to like make it quicker, add that back in. The more details you give us and like the better it is, the better advice we can give you. And so it's beneficial for all of us. And then if you're an international listener, do the exact same thing, except just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at meganpod at gmail.com. It's Megan Podcast. Fuck. Email it to meganpodcast at gmail.com. We have another show called But Am I Wrong? And that email address ends with pod. And so 
Sometimes I forget, but listen to yeah. that on Thursday. Also, when you're sending voice memos, please change it to an MP3 so I don't have to. It used to not be a problem, but the program we use now to record, I have to like convert it if it's not an MP3. So please just tap the little edit thing before you save it and change it to an MP3. Woohoo! And if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, head on over to our Patreon. You can see what I would look like with short hair, which like it doesn't look horrible. Yeah, I actually really liked it in the last one when we were mm-hmm. recording. But am I wrong? It was really sitting like you had short hair. And I was like, oh, it's really cute. But we do. We know how like wavy and curly hair works that it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't look like that without a lot of, you know. Well, then you would be closer to Anna Lynn McCord's length. And then, you know, <laughs> I would really just assume my role as body snatcher, mm-hmm. body snapper and job snatcher. Yep. I have arrived. It's me. Um, Listen to the uh, new episode of But Am I Wrong this week to uh, hear that little bit, because I'm sure you're dying to know what we think about it. And what else is I going to say? Oh, yeah. Patreon. We also do live streams twice a month. They are very fun and a great way to make friends, meet people during the pandemic, and also just like have some sort of socializing. And we talk about everything on there. And we have a really good time. Yeah, it's a good, good little community. What's new with you? We just, as in just like Melissa and I have been recording since this morning and um, we took a break. And during this break, I saw the email that we got a counter offer on the house that we put an offer on. So it's it's a different style than the houses that we've like looked at before. But like, I still like it. Like it has nice light. We're compromising on some stuff, but that's what we do. Someone messaged me and was like, I think you just have like unrealistic expectations of getting a house. Like you're saying this isn't your forever home. Like, why are you looking at houses that are like, they look at houses that are like cheaper and like, you're going to have to compromise. And I was like, compromise on everything. And like, there are no cheap homes in LA. Like no. that's like the issue with flipping is that like any home that costs less than a million dollars, which yes, cheap quote unquote is always going to be relative. But a house that costs less than a million dollars is going for cash because they are flippers who are then also going to get to it before it even gets listed. And then the second that it's listed, they are going to flip it and they they will beat you out because they have cash to do said flips. And then they sell, they put them back on the market for far more money. Like there is no, you compromise on everything when you are like buying a house. Like if you're not educated on something, don't comment on it. The amount of people who don't live in the United States who are trying to give me, like, telling me, like, what I'm doing wrong when it comes to buying a house. I'm like, there's something that's helped. Like, you know, when people are like, hey, I don't know if you've looked in. There's a way to phrase it where it's like, uh-huh. I don't know if you've looked into this, but like we were able to get our house because of like, um, like writing a letter to the the owners and blah, blah, like trying to like pitch that, which I've said repeatedly, like we you can't do here because that is illegal because it's been used to discriminate against people like over and over and over again. So you can't do that here. And even if some agents will like let you do that, it's not like legally not allowed, but agents, it like ruins their it's reputation. It's upon. It's not ethical. And it's not acceptable within the like real estate community of Los Angeles. So if you do that, like you're kind of being like, I plan on not working because it's it'll get ratted out by the owner. Like it's just not what's done here. And it's not yeah, good. I mean, I get um, cards on my house like every other day from real estate agents saying hey there's someone in the neighborhood that's looking to buy this and i'm just like you're a piece of shit Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's not good and also even if it was like 
allowed you were you could do that in LA and it was just like we knew it was unethical I just still wouldn't do it because Mott and I are the exact people that benefit from that and like it would be upholding the exact same like the the crux of the issue Mm -hmm. we're white and we're like straight and we're a couple (laughs) it's upholding that issue but yeah the amount of people who will make message me shit and like telling me like this is what you need to do this is what you need to do and they're like, but I'm in this place. And I'm like, that's... Real estate in Los Angeles is a different beast. It's a fully different beast. And we're not moving out of Los Angeles for the thousandth time of people asking. <laughs> like, we're just, we're not. Like, I don't think people understand, also, if you're not from here or, like, live around here, like, what LA, quote-unquote, LA is. There is no comparable city because, like, the city doesn't really stop. Like, there is no central location of the city because it depends on where you want to go. Like people consider Mm -hmm. Santa Monica the exact same amount as like being like LA as like the east side. And those are like, it'll take you an hour and like to get from there. So like- Completely different places. When you say move out of LA, LA in itself to get through the city, you are driving hours and hours. That's like telling someone in New York, if New York didn't have public transportation to just move to Pennsylvania or move to Connecticut, where it's like, Sure, in theory, time-wise, but that only works if you have public transportation and we don't have that here. So Mm -hmm. like, you can't live three hours away because if you live three hours away by car, it's going to take you six hours to get there back and forth because we don't have public transpo. So we'll see what about this house. It has some issues, but all houses have issues, but it's one that like, they were very nice about saying the disclosures before offers were due. And most they don't even tell you until they've like accepted your offer. And you can like, if you have, you can back out. But like, so we now know upfront how much, like there's a big question mark. Something might cost $2,000 or it might cost $20,000. And so we know that, but our realtor was like, this kind of extra cost or like disclosure thing is going to come up with every single house. You're just getting it before the offer is accepted, which is like, she's like, I wish everyone did that, but like it will, you'll have to deal with that with anything. That's what's happening. And Mots and I will discuss and maybe we'll put a counter offer on this house. We also saw some more cute ones this weekend. We literally have like now know the, uh, like all the real estate agents nearby and all like the listing, the, the selling agents and all of their assistants, because also Mots, you recognize the the man with a cast walking in everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, there's just one realtor who we like literally every time we see our sign, we're like, Tracy, what's up, Tracy? <laughs> She's here. We've never met Tracy, but we all, but we know all of her associates. And we saw one today and they were like, hey guys. And they were like, hi. And he was like, I see you every weekend. How's the arm doing? And then at the end of the, um, when we, at the end of like when we were leaving the open house, he was like, bye guys, see you soon. And I look at Monta goes, he doesn't think we're going to get this out. Like, rude. Okay. So before we get into the calls, we have an update for you all from a previous caller. It's given us the, uh, what is, what is transpired since their original call. The 411. And they explained, they said what call Mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. Okay. So my original call was, I believe, season eight, episode one. And I was about having a friend who's in a toxic relationship. And basically, my friend and I had this like falling out. And I think what I said in the call was, 
I gave background information about how she moved really quickly with her boyfriend who was like significantly older and had a son and she kind of like stepped into that stepmom role really really fast and then he and I just did not get along and I moved away and she called me one day and was like asking me to get her and that she wanted to leave the relationship and this was like earlier on in the pandemic and so uh, even though it kind of like broke my boundary, I decided I went and got her because I it felt like a long time coming that I would get that call. And so I went and got her and she stayed with me for a week. And then she goes back home and she got back together with him. But I didn't find out until like my mom told me about it because she saw it on Facebook. And then a few months later, my grandmother was sick and my friend reached out to me and asked like how I was doing. And I told her I felt like numb and she had left me on red and that was kind of like my breaking point like I just had too much thing too many things going on so I decided to uh stop trying with our friendship and uh when I called she had reached out to me and apologized for everything and apologized for being a shitty friend oh I called because she had deleted me off of Facebook and I was just like what the fuck and so few months later she texted me and apologized for everything and she had brought up the idea of us getting coffee together and I had called in because I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue the friendship if she was in this toxic relationship that was I believe everything with the call that that was I believe like April or May of 2021 and since then uh, I would say we had like a couple casual conversations just kind of like you know, like happy holidays or like happy birthdays, those kind of things. And then in July of last year, she sent me this like really dramatic text saying that she was done trying and like, you know, she's always reaching out to me and I'm giving nothing back. And like, I read our texts and they were all like just super casual texts of just like, oh, hey, check out this song. Oh, hey, hope you're doing well. Like, I was just like, what do you mean? There's, you're not getting anything back. And so I texted her and was just like, hey, like, can we talk about this? Because I'm really confused. Uh, and she said, yeah. And we got on the phone and I think we talked for like six hours or something. Basically, we just kind of like both gave our perspectives on the friendship. And uh, she apologized for the text. She said that she was like getting in her head and she wanted a reaction. And so she did what she did to get a reaction and it, it fucking worked. And I explained like how hurt I was by everything. And, you know, she had already apologized before for like the deleting me on Facebook and stuff like that. But I just kind of got into everything, you know, for our entire friendship, really, if she upset me, I never really talked about it. And so I just kind of like everything came out and uh, she acknowledged that she had been like a really shitty friend and sort of like there was a power imbalance within our friendship. And she said that she like acknowledges that and she apologized for abusing her power over me and uh it was like a decent conversation you know we talked about how we realized now that our friendship was like so so toxic and we were I think codependency can be useful like in retrospect I now kind of see that's how we survived was by being codependent but also like it was hurting us more than it was helping us and she agreed and she was just like oh yeah I was so codependent it was not good and then um that was kind of it or I talked about like 
her family had also deleted me off of social media. And that one hurt because like, you know, we've been friends since third grade. Her family was my family and vice versa. And she said that she had asked them to after like kind of everything blew up. I was kind of glad to kind of get answers for that and understand a bit more. So I was in July. And since then, we've we've talked on the phone a handful of times. We've had conversations. We really haven't talked about my feelings about her boyfriend or her boyfriend's feelings about me that's kind of been like the one thing left unsaid yeah like I think shortly after we were started talking and like he got really injured and so like I was just kind of like helping her deal with helping him like talk like letting being an outlet for her to voice her frustrations and that was kind of it like just really casual talks like that was the biggest thing up until like a couple months ago and then a few months ago, she told me that she was pregnant and I told her, like, I'm happy for her. Like, she's always wanted to be a mom. And so, like, I was like, good for you. Happy for you. Okay. And I don't think we've really talked since. I kind of like had a spiral moment after she told me that because I was like, in the back of my mind, I think, I think Megan said this in the original call, but like I had this idealized version of like, oh, whenever he's out of the picture, we can be friends again. It was just kind of like this wake up call of he's always in the picture. It was just sort of this moment of like kind of uh, accepting what I kind of always knew was true of just like he's always going to be around and that's the life she wants and that's okay. And I kind of realized later on of like you know all these things when they first started dating that she loved about him I was just like why why do you like this and I think her relationship with him even though like he was in my opinion he was very like emotionally abusive she still talks all the time about like how she loves him and so I'm just like you know if these are things that you like maybe this is just like what I need to see that you and I are just like not on the same page anymore you and I don't have yeah. like the same values or I don't even want to say values, but like just the way we go about things. And it was overall a shitty situation, but I do think it was just necessary for me to see it all. Yeah. It, it, it like sometimes you see people who go through these relationships that you very much see as like black and white, very toxic. Like this is like a very clear, obvious thing. And then it becomes like, oh, wow, these things that I view in this way, you might view at like a much lesser degree or you might like like these aspects of a relationship because they mean something else to you. And then it just becomes like a OK, do I like just let her like am I fine with like her happiness and her being happiness relationship and knowing we don't want the same things? Or do I not want to be a part of this friendship because like we're fundamentally very different people. And like, I don't like spending time with this person. That's sort of where I ended up. And I kind of see us now as like, I can't, I always thought we'd be like friends forever. And of course, like when you're young, that's what you always want. You know, we were friends for like 12 years. So of course, you know, and your brain's like, Oh, so we're going to be friends forever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I kind of see it now as like, Oh, it's my childhood best friend. You know, if I talk to her, cool. If I don't, that's also okay. I don't feel the like need to be as close to her as I once was because like no one should be that close because it was so bad. It's valid. And also she'll be busy. She'll have a baby. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, and then it's also just like that little part where it's like, oh my God, people around me are having children. I'm not, I'm not there. So I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the first time that someone my age that I'm friends with, like, has a baby, I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Was this on purpose? Like, what are you doing? 
Yeah, I think like in a Grey's Anatomy episode, Christina was like, are we being happy? Or are we being sad? Like what's going on? And I think that's just sort of like how I'm going to approach it from now on and be like, whatever reaction you're having, that's what I'll have. Just tell me first how I'm supposed to react. I know what you're referring to. <laughs> As I'm saying, Melissa knows. That's just sort of how I'm going to approach things. Like you tell me how to react and I will react that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good call. Well, thank you so much for giving us the update. Yeah. I'm, I, I, it's a hard thing to go through is like the getting less close with your friends. And this is something that's like a very universal experience for a lot of people. And I'm glad that at least for right now, you guys have been able to have like a civil kind of catch up, check in friendship in a way that seems like it's probably a lot more emotion, a lot less emotionally draining while still like having the nostalgia there. Yeah. Therapy has been super useful. I think I mentioned in my first call, I was like starting therapy and I've been there for over a year and it's been like so helpful. And like, you know, since we grew up together, everyone I know knows her and then everyone, it's just all so interconnected. You can't talk to anybody about it. Exactly. So it's so good to have like a third party who doesn't know anything else besides like what I tell them and like it won't get back to anyone in any way. That's great. We're very happy for you. you. Thanks for giving us the update. Take the time to do this. This I feel like is so relatable. (laughs) Like I'm happy this has the ending that it has, but this is very much people go through this all the time, Mm -hmm. but not that Sydney's listening to this because she doesn't listen to this podcast, but that will not be when I reference it, when I'm like, oh, this happens, it does not mean Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. This happens to somebody in my life as well. Yeah. I had something kind of similar. It was, yeah. But like, a, you know, when you recognize that you and friends are fundamentally different, mm-hmm. but you know me, I'm the kind of person that I'm like, if I have to confront you, about, I would just rather not be friends. <laughs> like there are only like a small handful of people and friends that like, I would want to repair said friendship if it went if something went wrong but if something goes wrong in a lot of other friendships i go this is just my sign that this is not what i want to do it's time for me to leave make my exit yeah. get out right, right now, now. it's the end, end of, of you she did like a i was on tiktok and she did like a makeup tutorial because she has her t- makeup on tour every night and it was just like a old school makeup tutorial of like just jojo doing her own makeup and i was like i love you well here's someone we can agree on jojo Mm-hmm. I love her. See how I turned my hand the other way so it'd be the right color. I was just about to us. say, I was like, this is so <laughs> weird because you're doing this. <laughs> that was your intention. That was good. Thank that you. That was really good. I was like, holy shit. That was so... <laughs> I, I was like, ah. oh, I love when a joke lands out well. That was perfect. That was like comedy special level. Everyone need to go on Patreon to go uh, see how good that was. Okay, so should we get into the calls and give some advice? Let's do it. Woohoo! Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 23 with she, her pronouns, and this is about my internet friend, Rachel, who also uses she, her pronouns. She is 24. We met five years ago when we were 18 on Taylor Swift's fan Twitter, and we were friends for three years. Myself and other friends in our internet group chat found out she had been catfishing us with a stranger's pictures and fake details about her life. It was weird, and internet friendships are based heavily on trust, so we stopped talking to her. I continued my friendship with the other people in the chat. This past December, so two years after that, we reconnected and forgave her. The rest of the group chat had been in the middle of planning a meetup trip since we had been friends for so long and we now had adult money. We decided to invite her to show her that we had really forgiven her. This past January, we all met up, and it went terrible. 
I loved meeting the other girls from my chat, but Rachel was very strange in real life. She would make negative comments about the homeless population in my city. She would send back food in restaurants. She would be very quiet and ignore us because she wanted attention. She would act jealous any time I had a private moment with my other friends. She kept calling herself to get compliments when she was in the presence of our friend who was bigger than she is. It felt like I was on a trip with a high schooler and a 40-year-old Karen at the same time. I just instantly knew she wasn't someone I'd ever want to be friends with in real life. Then things get juicier. When the trip ended, she told me she'd been in love with me for five years, and she'd been thinking about me nonstop ever since we stopped being friends all those years ago, and that she even had a playlist dedicated to me and used to cry to her therapist about me all the years we weren't friends. Side note, I'm bisexual, and so is she, so rejecting her was weird. Now that we are all home in our cities, and we are back in the group chat, I just don't want to continue talking to her. My other friends feel the same, but I don't know how to cut her out. She is a nice person in general, but I know she isn't someone I want as a close friend, and I made a mistake rekindling our friendship. Being completely honest, she annoys me, and she acts obsessed with me. She even says she wants to move to my city now. I'm not sure what to do because I do feel bad. She has no real-life friends, and I have a full-time job, and my real-life friends, etc. My online group chat is just one part of my life. Her entire life is this group chat, and I feel like a bad person taking it away from her. Any advice would be super helpful. Thank you. There are two kinds of people on Stan Twitter, <laughs> and this is this is it. This is the difference between these two. Oh my god! So before you said that, like she's like really obsessed with you and wants to move your city. At first, I was like, I don't even necessarily think that she has a crush on you. I just like think that like she desperately wants like attention and like that's like the biggest source of validation and attention that there is. But like, no, now I fully think that you're like she, not that I did, I don't want to say I thought you were wrong, but I wondered if that was just for attention. But now it's like, oh no, she is just kind of like stalker, creepy movie kind of body snatcher where your skin obsessed with you. Oh, gosh, that was a roller coaster. Very entertaining. You can get a diamond for that. Thank you for all the details. I loved it. (laughs) I did love it. It was juicy, very juicy. Here's the thing is that you seem concerned about sometimes it's okay to, you know, be selfish. And I think this is a time to be selfish because this is not somebody you want in your life. You're the one that went to her and brought her back. So I don't think anybody else in the group would have a problem with it. And they witnessed her behavior too. So they're they're on the same page as you. I would be concerned for my safety and I would cut her out of my life. And who knows if she actually doesn't have other friends because she lied to you for all the other time catfishing <laughs> you. She could still be catfishing you. Well, not catfishing, but hiding other aspects of her life. She may or she may not. But she got along seemingly okay when you guys weren't talking to her so she can get along again when you're not talking to her. So put yourself first. Watch out for your safety. Does she know like your address and things? Look into that. Sorry you're going through this. Yeah, it's not your responsibility to like mitigate the the results of her actions. Like this Mm -hmm. is this is like she was did all of these things that like are Beyond just like, I think you need to detach yourself from the fact that you find her annoying because that's like the least that feels most personal and not like personal attack towards her. But for you, it feels like the most like this is a me problem. And that's kind of where you can start to feel guilty. But like, 
you know, she's making like horrible comments. Like, and like morally, you don't seem to align at all. And that was already after she was on thin ice because she catfish, like catfished you all and like lied about all of this kind of stuff. And so I think if you take away the, um, I find her annoying argument in your head, I think it'll be a much easier thing for you to just like be done. But yeah, it's not anyone's responsibility. Even if you're like, I'm someone who it's like, when you know someone's situation and like what they're going through, that can help you have a better understanding of why they might be doing the thing that they're doing or why they're going about something in the way that they are. But that doesn't dictate, like that doesn't have to change how I feel about it. Like I can understand you better, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to necessarily I don't want to say like be more understanding, but be more understanding it, like value what you are doing and the reason why you're doing it above my comfort level. Mm-hmm. Like if that makes me uncomfortable, I don't really care why you're doing it. It might be helpful for me to know why or like why you are this way. But I knowing that can also make me like solidified in being like, okay, I don't think you're a bad person, but like I don't want to be a part of your life or I want to separate myself from you for this. Like it doesn't have to be the a justification or excuse for the behavior that then makes you feel like you have to stay in that. I've been in that as a kid that someone treated me so badly and like they had stuff going on in like their own lives and things that they dealt with that I was told by adults in my life. And I was forced to maintain a friendship with this person and it was hell. And then I ended up being really mean to her because she was really mean to me. And then I was a bitch for that because like, you know, it's like there's things that like, you're you're dealt some shit in life and you do what you do with them and not everybody has the same tools to do what they can with those cards but you don't have to settle for that kind of like behavior and i think that like especially because you've said that she has like made her feelings to you clear and like you find you feel uncomfortable with like she wants to move to your city and all of that stuff really like value that and like real because that is not okay and like that's really uncomfortable and that's not something that you need to like deal with for the sake of like her feeling her feeling uncomfortable for making you feel super uncomfortable. What was on the playlist? Taylor Swift songs. Probably. I know, but what specific songs? Oh, would you like me to tell you what songs I think were on it? Yeah. Okay, so I don't know what side of Taylor Swift stand Twitter you are on. I don't know if you're on the Kaylor Gaylor twi- Twitter. I don't know if you're on Ed Sheeran Taylor. I don't know if it's Joe Taylor. Like, I don't know what the ships are that would then I dictate didn't know maybe. I all these existed. Oh, there are so I just, many. I knew about like, the first one because I've heard you talk about it, but not the rest. Yeah. There's also like the Joe Jonas Taylor Swift romanticizers, the John, there's like all of these different ones. So like, I don't know where you, where she falls on that because for that, then I would pick specific songs that like resonate with those parts of the fandom. But I would say Lover probably. It's ones that she cried to. So you got to think about that too. Oh, great. Good, great. Lover, All Too Well, obviously. Champagne Problems. Nothing new is not necessarily a love song, but that is a song if you were going to cry to one, you would do that. Exile, pretty much anything from Folklore Evermore. The one I could see like the upbeat song that's actually quite sad that she could be sad to. My Tears Ricochet, of course. There's a lot. Okay. Uh, now I want to listen to some bops. Yeah, this is Stan Twitter gets them all. You can <laughs> some people, you know? Runs the gamut. Yeah. All right. Call two. 
Hi, Megan and Melissa. First of all, I want to tell you how great I think your podcast is and how helpful your advice is to so many people. To not make this confusing, I'll start by saying that I'm a 20-year-old queer girl that is currently studying engineering at university. I've been dating my girlfriend for 11 months and recently we decided it was best for us to take a break. The reason for this was based on a couple of things. One being that she doesn't feel like she can trust me because I'm using a dating app to find queer friends. She's the first person that I've gotten together with and I love her so damn much. And I would never want to cheat nor hurt her in any way. But at the same time, I'd like to expand my circle of queer friends. I'm not really big on social events nor parties. There's not many opportunities for me to meet new friends, unfortunately. I also find it easier to text through an app to communicate with people. I'm very aware that this makes my girlfriend uncomfortable, even though I really wish it wouldn't. She's also told me that it annoys her that I take out my bad mood on her, meaning I stop talking to her or act more harsh towards her. Mostly that bad mood comes from school stress and having to take care of my apartment since I recently moved to a new city to study here. I really do try my best to handle my emotions and not let my bad mood affect the relationship. I should mention that my girlfriend doesn't study at the moment. She's got two part-time jobs that take up two to four days a week. I sometimes feel like she doesn't understand the stress I'm under and is therefore taking my bad mood as me being mad at her, even though I'm really not. We also live in two different countries, her being from Denmark and me being from Sweden, which means we're kind of long distance. It takes about two and a half hours to get to each other by train. Therefore, we usually spend at least two or three days at each other's places, which kind of means we have to pause our lives or reschedule our lives around the time we see each other. With all this said, my question is basically what your stance on using dating apps to get friends is and what I should do to fix my relationship if possible. I really love her and I hate that I've managed to hurt her this much. Thank you for your advice in advance and feel free to be as real as you want. Oh, and I don't know if this is helpful in any way, but I'm a Leo and my girlfriend is a Gemini. Thank you. You can't be on... This is sus as fuck. Like, yes. you, can't, you can't... Like, being on a dating app while you're like, oh, I'm just trying to find friends, like... I hope I I know that like you're not like uh, <laughs> this is just like this is a fuck boy thing like that's mm-hmm. like what a guy who is cheating on you says he's like no I'm just on date he's like gaslights you to be like no I'm just on dating apps like make friends like that's just what I'm and you're like no that's sus as fuck and like it's not just because that's what they like those are the guys that do it it's because like as an act like it is sus as hell because nobody puts when they're on dating apps like unless you're going to like bumble bff that's or like something that's say. just for friends you are then also misleading the people who see you on there and when you say you're on there just for friends let me tell you just for friends means i'm hooking we want to just fuck that's what just friends means yep so like i don't know in sweden where you are do they have bumble where you can switch your profile to be BFF. So then, yeah, you can use that just for friends or some other dating app that's equivalent. But if somebody I was dating was on, (laughs) (laughs) I heard them say, I'm on dating apps to meet friends. I just wouldn't be down for it if we're in a monogamous relationship. Yeah, no. If that was even going to happen, like you can't just do that. It have to be like a sit down conversation of like, hey, I'm really struggling to like make friends here. And I know that like maybe we met on a dating app or like this is like how people meet in relationship wise. Like I want to know if you would feel comfortable if I like set my profile to say that I was like looking for friends and doing that like that. I think you should even let your partner know before you go on Bumble, like BFF, just like to like let them know because like that app is on your phone and mm-hmm. it like 
that is something that there is a connotation with dating apps for dating. Because they're for dating. It's called a <laughs> dating app for a reason. <laughs> so like, yeah, that just sounds like I would not trust you at all, mm-hmm. at all, if you said that to me. And then for the part about like, it's you sound very like sincerely remorseful that you've like hurt her. And like, I think the difference is though, is that like, you're recognizing what that what you're doing and like you're taking your bad mood on out on her like has been like hurting her or whatever but you're also kind of justifying it and it's like well it's because of this it's like so that just can you change your behavior because if you can't change your behavior it doesn't really matter why you're doing it like you are doing it and like yeah you shouldn't take your frustrations out you can be mad but you don't take your frustrations out on your partner or anyone else for that matter so since you guys are long distance why not you know if you're in one of your moves just Tell her I'm not, you know, filling up for company right now. So I won't be contacting you until I'm out of this mental rut. Yeah. And if you are hanging out in person and like you're frustrated about work or something like that, like, yeah, you only get two or three days together every time. And like you do have to schedule like your life around that. That's not like a courtesy. That is something that you just kind of have to do. Both of you have to do when you're dating someone long distance in this way. And if you're going to do that, I think that you also do need to like schedule around like work stuff that could possibly come up and yeah, ruin that time. And if you have a hard time not taking out your bad mood on her, which is something I think you should definitely work out on therapy because you shouldn't take your bad mood on anyone. Um, if you have a hard time with that, then you need to remove those triggers, that work stuff from when she's there. If that's like an inevitable outcome that right now, what you do is you take it out on her when you have work stress, or school, school stress. stress. Mm-hmm. When you have school stress, you take it out on her. And so schedule your timing stuff with her when you're not doing school stuff. So that can't come up because you right now you don't have a healthy response mechanism to that. But I will also say that like Mots is definitely someone who like he he I don't know, he doesn't like take his bad didn't like take his bad moods out on me. But like I am someone who like I'm like a very I'm never going to use the E word that everybody uses, even though my therapist used to describe me, but it gives me the cringe. I'm very perceptive to other people's like emotions and feelings. And for people I care about, I can sometimes be like, oh, are you mad at me? Like, I'm assuming that, you know, that's my anxiety, like assuming people are mad at me or upset with me or whatever. And so something that both of us do with each other now is if one of us is like really stressed or having a bad day at work and we're not home. Before we come home, we will text the other person and be like, had a really rough day at work, might be pretty low energy tonight. And just giving the other person like getting ahead of it. So it's not like, it's okay if you can't suppress your emotions and like compartmentalize and like box things up and like suck it down. And if you can't do that, fine. That's very okay. But you need to let your partner know ahead of time that that's where your mindset is at and not just assume that you're going to do a wonderful job covering it up because it's going to come out at some point. And you're going to see those like little glimpses of that. And if you don't have some information and knowledge of to why that's happening, it's natural to assume that it's about you and to think that like you are the reason why that they're upset and getting ahead of it like that. But I think like that this just feels like you both have very different like ways of communicating. Mm-hmm. And I think that therapy is always helpful. And also if you don't like how you are treating someone and you recognize that like the behaviors that you have and the, the things that you typically do are fine when you're single and it's just you by yourself. But the second that there is like a friend involved or a relationship involved, like it comes up and it's like not working out so well, that might be a sign that like 
taking a step back from a relationship so you're not hurting anyone so you can like work on yourself to be better because these things that serve us when we are alone don't always serve us when we're with other people but that doesn't mean necessarily that those people are the wrong people for us sometimes it's like oh this coping mechanism that i've had only works during my individual like when i'm solo but also it can also work for a certain period of time and then it no longer serves me mm-hmm. and so i think that this could be a really great like growing time for you because if i was if I was, I'd feel really disrespected in like all aspects. <laughs> I would feel so disrespected. And full disclosure, I would have dumped you. It just seems so sus, but especially after so sus after I've had the conversation with you that I wasn't comfortable with this, and then you try to still justify it. There's other ways to meeting friends. Like there's Facebook groups. There might be a community at your school. Like. Dating apps is not it. It's so yeah. sus. Like if I knew anybody who like nope. told me this, like if your if your girlfriend calls in, I'd be like, she's cheating on you. Mm-hmm. Like without a doubt. Like, <laughs> like, and you're we're having to take your word for it. I mean, I'm not saying that you are, but she's having to take your word for it when like the probability of that actually of this being true, normally, I'm not doubting that that's the truth for you, but like. If I was her friend, I'd be like, you're being, you're, no. Yeah, because <laughs> people on dating apps are looking for dating and it doesn't have to just be dating. If their profile, I said this before, but if their profile says just looking for friends, that means fucking like there's yes. no. Like imagine if you matched with someone who like, who said like just looking for friends and you don't assume that that's like, I've matched like when I had Raya for a short stint. Because I and I asked Mats's permission because I was just like having an insecure couple months and I just like, you know, wanted to feel good about myself. So I got on dating apps where I succeed as a two dimensional creature. <laughs> and I, I matched with someone who or yeah, I matched with someone who their profile said just looking for friends. It was abundantly clear. They I knew they weren't looking for friends. This per, this man had no shortage of friends. He had so many friends. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine if you matched with somebody like right now on a dating app and it said like just looking for friends. And then you go out, like, you wouldn't assume that they were. Yeah. You would just assume they're just hooking up. Like, they're just casual. They're not Mm -hmm. looking for a relationship. Because that's, like, usually how it's broken up. It's like, Mm -hmm. I guess there's, like, looking for, what is it? Friends, looking for friends. looking for friends, looking for a serious relationship or being casual. And so most people put casual because they think that that's the correct answer to not scare people off. Even in reality, it's not. Mm -hmm. And then people who put just friends are looking to to fuck and they yeah. want you they're trying to not put casual because they know that everybody puts casual because it's they really don't date want yeah. it means dating because they don't want to seem like they're coming on too strong or being too much and so they want to make it abundantly clear that they're just looking for friends who they can swap saliva with mm-hmm. and juices you know i have faith that this can change though you know yeah but you got to do some soul searching though yeah yeah don't let this be your villain origin story All right, should we take a break? Let's do it. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time. And I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I 
love the chocolate bliss, the vanilla cream, the caramel sundae. I have all three of those flavors. Sometimes I mix and match them. Sometimes I'll use it when I'm baking or I'll just drink it straight. And it is, they're so good. They have a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that makes it so delicious. You can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code blame me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective 
Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Should we be back from our break? I guess so. We're back from our break. Woo! Let's get into the rest of the calls. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I love the podcast. I have a bit of an interesting roommate dilemma that I would love some advice on, and I have a lot of details to share, so I'm going to get right into it. Um, so I'll start out. I have three roommates. We'll call them Alice, Matthew, Sam. Alice, 24, she, her. Matthew, 25, he, him. Sam, 23, he, him. And I'm 22, and you, she, her pronouns. So in logistics, we all moved in at the start of the school year. We all go to grad school. Uh, me, Matthew, Sam are in my third year. Alice is in her, in her first year. Alice is in her third year. I have a dog. Alice's cat, and we have a driveway fenced in backyard. Are we in walking distance to campus? and are under all of our budget. So mostly things have gone well, which is great. Matthew's said and done a couple of weird things to us as well as being less clean. Me and Alice have become, become quite good friends. We go out together, we go on hikes, we have movie nights. We both really like living with each other. We have agreed that no matter what else happens, we'd like to continue living together. Our original plan was to ask Matthew to find a different place next year, which shouldn't be too much of a concern uh, or a shock as we brought up our concerns from multiple times and just replaced them. Now, the interesting part at the beginning of the lease, Alice was in a long-term, long-distance relationship with someone who had kids, and she broke up with him at the start of the new year. She didn't want to be a stepmom to his kids. Very fair. I support it completely. During this time period, I did notice that she FaceTimed him two to four times a day when they were together. I'm not saying this is bad, but it's very different from how I go about relationships. Um, we're very similar in many other ways. Flash forward to January, she goes on a really good date with a guy. Um, this is about two weeks after breaking up with her long-term boyfriend. We'll call him Greg, and they start casually dating. Um, Greg seems great, but they've been seeing each other for not even two months, and they're already uh, engaged and planning a wedding for sometimes six months to one year from now. Obviously, this is incredibly fast, and I am a little bit concerned from her, but I've given her my opinion, and I'm just going to try and be there for her no matter what happens. It's also worth noting that she's barely spent any time at home or with anyone else since they made things between them official about a month ago. Now she's talking about having him move in at the end of her lease and it just being the three of us if he could cover two people's rent. I don't necessarily mind living with a couple, especially if I get to know him better, but it seems really fast. Um, and especially because she's talking about wanting to take Sam out, who would be completely blindsided by this. And I'm a little bit confused about that myself. I would really appreciate any advice on this. And I love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Did she have more time? She had 30 seconds left. Oh, my God. Babe, I would have loved if you utilized those 30 seconds. Because here's the thing. I wrote down, I take notes because otherwise I won't remember things. I wrote down Alice, Matthew, Tim. And then we get to the end of the call. And then she said something about Sam. Greg? And I go, there's a Greg Sam in there too, right? Tim? Oh, yeah. Greg is the new boyfriend. But I was trying to get all the roommates' names. And then she wrote like, and then something about Sam. And I was like, who the fuck is Sam? But I think I either misheard Tim or Sam. So okay. the third roommate's either named Tim or Sam. Okay. I know it sounds like the calls you can hear as like a listener that the calls sound 
I think they sound better when you are listening as a podcast than like mm-hmm. us listening. I don't know. It just they they just do, and they're easier to because f- when you're just listening as a podcaster, you don't have to listen as carefully. Yeah, you can pause and rewind and do all of that stuff. But like, yeah. So I I really appreciate all of like the detail. It was too <laughs> many details to be honest. Well, at first I was just kind of like, are you about to tell us your floor plan and your social yeah, security like, numbers? Like we didn't like, need we to know that there was dogs and a fenced in backyard. We didn't need to know that information. I think I think with the the, the summary of that is that you really like the place. Like yeah. you really, it has everything that you want, and so that's kind of what I'm assuming was what that means because that makes this decision you have to factor in the fact that you really love the place that you live and it might kind of be an anomaly for for where you are okay so the gist of it is you want to live with one of these people and kick out the other people and you wanted to live with alice yeah and then they wanted to kick out it was going to be alice you and then let's decide it's tim Tim, okay okay and you wanted to live with Alice and Tim and you were going to kick out Matthew because like he's a bad roommate and like you've tried talking to him and he hasn't adjusted and changed. But then Alice started dating ap- two weeks after breaking up with her boyfriend, long term boyfriend, she started dating a guy named Greg. And now they've been dating for two months and they're engaged. And Alice wants to kick out Matthew and Tim because you and her since the beginning have said that like no matter what you want to live together. Mm-hmm. So then you would live with both of them. No, I know you said you're fine with like living with a couple no in general and like i i say no to living with a couple even if it's a couple who's been together for like 10 years or like a very long time like unless you really have to and like it's a very unique situation and like you are friends with them and like you have like really strong bound you're you're not friends with them you have really strong boundaries and they are roommates who happen to like live on a different floor with like a different entrance and like even that it should be temporary because like i cannot stress to you how much it is like you are signing back up to be a child and live in a two-parent household with people who are not parent age and are have no responsibility to you as their child to kind of protect you from their arguments, which parents don't even always do. Like, it is just like a unhinged version of like a being a child around parents who aren't looking out for you. I don't recommend it, let alone when they have been dating for two months but also if he can cover the amount for two people's rent because that's what because they're going to kick out one of the other people so if he can cover the amount for two people's rent then they can go get another place well i think that that's this three is, rents three rents i think it's paid. alice's subconscious of like trying to keep a friendship close and like maybe there's a little part of her that knows that this relationship is moving really fast and this is being a lot and like you are essentially being a safety net for this engagement if you are living with her because you would all like she would have you and that to me is she would have you to rely on to talk about the relationship when they're going through stuff and like then that becomes like your dad talking or your mom talking badly to you about your dad because you and then you have to see him in the kitchen later getting coffee like you have to live with it and like no like this is this is you let her know like, I'm really like, I appreciate you wanting to still like live with me and reaching out because that's something that we had talked about that was us living together. I'm like, obviously really happy for you that you are happy in a relationship. All I care about is your happiness. But I really don't want to live with like a couple like this should be an exciting time for you. If you would, like this should be something that like you're excited to live together and like start your relationship together. And that's just like not something that I like feel comfortable doing. So thank you for asking, but uh, like me to 
live with you guys, but I'm going to like figure out my own living situation. And that's it. But the thing is, if you're going to be the one, now it's just two of you. (laughs) So you're needing to kick out two other people, right? No, here's the thing. This is when you have to deal with, this is when you have to deal with Matthew. And yeah. Yeah. So there's Tim, Sam (laughs) and Mm -hmm. Matthew. Mm -hmm. So Alice is gone. And so you were planning on kicking out Matthew. Did she say that she was planning, they were planning on finding someone to replace him? Mm -hmm. Okay. So then here's the thing. But Greg is taking, you know, is going to pay enough for two people. So that's the thing is like, if Greg (gasps) moves in, then he's going to cover both of them. So then they wouldn't have to find another roommate. But what if if you don't want to live with them? Do you think that Greg is just going to move in and That's then be I like, think. Tim slash gonna... Sam, you can stay. Mm-hmm. And then you are now left with Matthew, who you don't want to live with and you have no place to live. Yep. Okay, here's the thing. This is what you got to do. You and Tim Sam. <laughs> Tim Sam. You need to sit down with Tim Sam. And you need to... Do some damage control with Matthew because here's the thing. Right now, you are split two and two Mm -hmm. because Matthew can be like, fuck all y'all. Alice can be like, Matthew, we're so sorry that they were also mean to you and telling you that you needed to like put your dishes away and like clean up dog shit. Like they were so unreasonable. Why don't we stay here together and my boy and we won't have to get anyone else. And then she's going to recruit Matthew, but then it'll just be you and Tim. And then you're two and two and you're split. You yep. can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So what you and Tim Sam need to do is you and Tim Sam need to recruit Matthew, backpedal all the shit you talked about, Matthew, so you can be three against one and say goodbye to your friendship with Alice if you want to keep this apartment. Or yeah. you tell her how like great these apartments, you find like a really cute, wonderful, nice place for her to live with, like her and her uh, her and Greg, and you like talk it up so much, you talk it up so much, or maybe you go tour it and you're like, oh. It's just too expensive for like me and uh, Matthew to like cover ourselves. Like it's so suck. It's so beautiful. You should go look at it. You would love it. And you get her to go there and then you work overtime and recruit to get someone else to fill the spot of Alice and Matthew if you want, or you just also backpedal with Matthew and then you just have one person to replace Alice. This sounds like a lot of work. I would just leave. (laughs) I would too. Yeah. It sounds like so much work. And again, like right now as it stands... It seems like you're going to end up in a two against two situation. And like, this is going to be a lot of fighting for this. And I don't think that you're necessarily going to um, walk away with the friendships intact. And I think if that's your priority, then I would find a new place to live. Yeah. And also just know that statistically, most likely Alice and Greg will break up (laughs) and then you can eventually live with her again. And so if that's something that you like really like her as a person and you want to maintain the friendship that this is a phase that. Don't tell her that this is a phase, but you've got to preserve the friendship if you want to have that friendship down the road. This still has my mind just like in mush. I've never taken enough Adderall in my life to keep up with that amount of details. Like I can talk that fast, but I cannot get that much process. information out. It was <laughs> no, I can't even say that much. Like I can talk that much. I can talk that fast. I can use the same amount of words, but I am not saying that much information. Yeah. Um, okay. Next call. <laughs> Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am 23 years old and I go by she, her. I am a Latina. I recently found out that one of my friends is a Trump supporter. We met through work and have been friends for two years. Our other friend, let's call her Nancy, is the one who told me. 
Nancy said she thought I knew, but I've always been pretty clear about my political views. And one time in front of both of them said I would never be friends with a Trump supporter. So I don't really know how Nancy thought I knew. No matter of fact, Nancy told me that one time she was hanging out with a Trump supporter. And Nancy told her to never mention that to me if she wanted to continue being my friend. I'm not sure what they were talking about exactly, but it was definitely about politics. It's safe to say that the Trump supporter is out of my life for good. But I guess my question is, do you think I can trust Nancy? Should I believe that she thought I knew? She's kind of all over the place and has a different friend group. And I kind of feel like it wasn't that deep to her. Also, after this happened, I told a few of my other friends. And I feel that although I've always been pretty sure that my friends and I share views, how do I know for sure? I feel like I can't trust people to be upfront about their views especially because a Trump supporter would talk crap about her family and agree with me when I would talk about, you know, how the many reasons why I don't support Trump. I guess my question is, how do I make sure my friends and future friends are not Republicans? Love you both. Thank you. Nancy Suss. Yep. Nancy Suss, this is this is your weak link. I'm letting you know right now. Nancy is why you're having these feelings and you're questioning these things. Nancy is the wild card and Nancy's the reason why you feel like this. I don't feel like this in my life ever at all because the conversations I have with my friends are not just me bringing up things. They're also bringing it up. They're instigating and starting those conversations. It's also talking about not just talking about what political party you belong to, but what beliefs you have as well. So if you're just organically talking about, you know, climate change or like women's health and like immigration, like those things are going to be more telling than just saying I'm a Democrat. I can't be friends with a Trump supporter. You've got to have real conversations. And it seems like you are someone who is like passionate about politics and like not even just politics, but like social and moral issues that are happening as a result has become political in our country that like that is something that like should come like you you should have those conversations with your friends and that's not something that you need to like investigate or discover about them like that's something that like i personally value people who are like my friends who are also like driven by social causes like i wouldn't be friends with someone who wasn't Mm -hmm. and so like i don't feel the need to dig or question them or like yeah, like try and figure it out. It's just like the, oh, we share this. We have this like shared thing that we both care about that like we both independently will bring up in conversation to each other. And it's not in like a quizzing or testing way. It is just like a holy shit. Can you believe like blah, blah, blah. Like before we ever even, I mean, I think we probably always talked about social issues and stuff like on our podcast. But I'm like, we've had com- like we have more conversations about like moral and social issues off the podcast Mm -hmm. than we do. And we talk on the podcast like hours every single week. Like, but that's how I am with like all of my friends. And like, you don't have to all be interested in the same things. Like I have some friends who's like are more passionate about different aspects of it and are like less informed or educated about other parts. And like we teach each other about things, but like the root origins of all of them are the same. And Nancy is sus. Yep. Nancy is... I hear Nancy. You know who I'm thinking about? Stranger Things girl? Nope. I'm thinking about Slob on the Knob. Reagan. Oh! Throat goat! (laughs) The throat goat. The throat goat! (laughs) Who's also kind of sus. I mean, she's not sus at all. (laughs) 
<sighs> but I mean, I guess that's true. Now that we know that it was, it was not private information. Like, yeah. that was public information that, like, I just didn't know. <laughs> so, that, that's on me. <laughs> but, yeah, this is just, like, I think that, like, okay, so let's say you're Jessica and Nancy is, like, talking with friends and is, like, oh, don't bring up to Jessica that you're a Republican. Like, she will not. Like, like that's the quickest way that she will not be friends with you. Like, if you want to make, like, do not do that. First of all, why is Nancy hanging out with Republicans if she is, like, as passionate about this as you are? I don't think she is. And then also, why is she trying to protect them in a friendship with you and have them intentionally deceive you and not bring up something about them that would impact how you feel about them? Like, what? Like, that's, that this isn't like a, oh, don't bring up that you're a... I don't know, you're a fold your toilet paper roll, like your toilet paper roll on the outside versus like the inside, like hanging down. Like that's irrelevant. But like, this is like something that you want to surround yourself with those people. She's protecting them. And you seem like she was like, oh, she doesn't think it's not that deep to her. I think that's because Nancy, I would say Nancy is probably not aligned politically with you and Mm -hmm. is not nearly as progressive as you are, or maybe as she thinks she is. Or she's alluded to you. Because if she's encouraging other people to not say their political beliefs to you, why do we believe that she's being honest? Yeah. I think we uh, found the imposter. We found Uh, the imposter. imposter. Yeah. Yes. Nancy's the imposter. Yeah, it's Nancy. It's Nancy. And I promise, I can't promise, but like I bet you, when you cut out her and you make other friends, you might feel like a little like hesitant at first to feel like, oh no, how do I do this? But then you're going to meet someone and you're going to be like, oh, I don't have to worry. I don't have to test. There are other people like me out there who it's a conversation right off the bat. Like this is, I've never had a friend who aligned with me. That's why I think I have to find them. (laughs) Even just like in directing audiobooks, when we get on, we can't see each other. We haven't had conversations before me and the, the actor. And we'll kind of like test each other out and see what beliefs are. <laughs> Be like, man, it's hot outside. And then we'll see what the other person says. <laughs> Global warming. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's real. It's it's funny when we're first getting on and just kind of having conversations. But that's so funny because sometimes the books are political or political adjacent or just about you know rights as whatever and we're just kind of figuring out what the other person thinks yeah yeah i mean shit i do that in everything not even on purpose like i had to find a new general practitioner because like i found out that you know he was a trump supporter and like you know uh, and was super homophobic and i was like okay no like when you operate your life in that sense and like that way, I promise you're going to make one friend first who is the same as you. And then you're never going to have to question ever again, because mm-hmm. like if you have to question, that's the like that, that there's your answer. Yep. Do what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you're and if you're and people always say that, well, no, not everybody's like upfront with their beliefs. Like some people like are quiet about their beliefs. And I'm like, they're not progressive then and they're like well no lots of like people hide the fact i was like nobody does because you know it's so embarrassing i'd be mortified i am a white blonde woman i statistically know that we do not have a great track record so i understand look at me judge me immediately automatically think i'm a republican and a conservative that is your that that you're that's your own biases but, but you would also like you would most likely be right and that's my responsibility to be like no, I'm going to go above and beyond because there's nothing more embarrassing than like someone for a lo- prolonged period of time 
if they told me like, oh, I always thought you were a Trump supporter, I'd be like, <laughs> like that would cut deep. Mm-hmm. That would cut deep. So nobody who is progressive is going to let you think otherwise unless they're not as progressive as they as they think they are. Yep. And also you can also still be, just to note, you can still be like progressive and like vote for progressive policies and like as a white person still uphold white supremacy and still like hide that to like stay comfortable in spaces and comfortable with the status quo that has benefited you for centuries upon centuries, yep. which is not like a, an innocent thing that is mm-hmm. like still horrible. All facts. No lies detected. So goodbye, Nancy. Nancy's the imposter. Is that the title of this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Nancy is the imposter. (laughs) People are going to be like, what the fuck is this episode about? (laughs) Okay. Well, we have Don't Blame Them. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is where a listener will call in and thus becoming a caller. And they're going to give their own advice on a call we had played on previous episodes. So maybe they have personal experience with it. It's something that we overlooked or didn't say, or they just have their own thoughts and feelings. So you can get uh, another perspective on it. Ready? Here we go. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling for a Don't Blame Them for the most recent episode. It was a call about the 21-year-old person who was sober and having a hard time socializing as a result. And I wanted to come from the perspective of someone who is not sober, but who doesn't really drink. A little bit of backstory. My One of my parents is sober, and it was like kind of a big deal as a kid, like trying to get him to go sober. And so it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth as far as alcohol goes. I do drink sometimes, but very rarely. And I just wanted to give a little bit of advice on how to form relationships as a sober person, because I don't really drink. What I do is I will try to get to know people. You know how when you have friendships and you have like the get to know each other phase, I will say, well, what do you like to do? I like to do this and I don't really drink. And then you can go to like a restaurant and hopefully it'll be a restaurant that doesn't really serve alcohol. And as you get a little bit closer with said friend, you can say, by the way, I'm actually sober and I don't drink because of X, Y, and Z. And hopefully they're a good friend and they will respect that. And then if they're not, then you can totally move on and try that with other people. And it will stick because I have a friend who is sober and this is exactly what they did for me. Recently in, you know, before the panini got worse, uh, again, we were vaccinated and we decided to go to a comedy show in Vegas. And while they were in Vegas with me, I was sober with them. So... They were able to enjoy Vegas without feeling the pressure of having alcohol around them. I ordered us virgin drinks, and it was a really good time. So I also want to say as you get older, it gets a lot easier because more and more people drink less and less as they get older. Um, That's just my experience. And I come from a pretty, like, alcohol-heavy town, so I have a lot of experience with that. So hopefully that helps and congratulations. I'm super proud of you. It's a huge step to take. 
So congratulations, and I hope that helps. Bye-bye. Great. Love it. Absolutely, absolutely love it. And yeah, again, I mean, we talked about this at length with the last episode, but anyone who is like so personally threatened by someone else like being sober or they are like, can't imagine being friends with someone, they wouldn't be friends with someone who doesn't drink because it's like so prevalent in their lives. Those are people who probably should should also evaluate their relationship with alcohol. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really hard to make friends with people who have a healthy relationship with drinking because I don't think a lot of people do have a healthy relationship with drinking. Like, I don't want to say sobriety is like a very like, but alcoholism is like, there's a a definition of it and the same thing with like sobriety. But it's not just people who are not alcoholics and people who are alcoholics. They're within that range. There are also people who just don't have great relationships with alcohol. There are people who have allergic reactions to alcohol. There are people like there are all of these other things that a lot more people fall into that is not just alcoholism. That's something that I think part of the reason why people I find drink, they either drink a lot more or a lot less when they get older and they just get older in their lives. And it's because they recognize that they don't have the healthiest relationship with alcohol, whether that's, I get really bad hangovers. I get migraines for days on end. I can't function the day after I get really nauseous. Like two things like, oh, I'm not good at saying no to having another drink. Like I don't really know my limits. Like I don't feel safe blacking out as an adult in like that. There are all these things that like come with that age. And then there's also people who just kind of double down and continue maintaining an unhealthy relationship with it. But when you get older and people get more responsibilities, it tends to be something that coincides with drinking less. And I think personally that once you hit like 30, then there's absolutely not even, but I, yeah, I'd say now I probably still, some people are like, you don't drink, but like, I would say 30. And like, that's like for my friends who are 30 and older than that, that's when you start to know people who are sober and have gone Mm -hmm. to rehab and have gone through all of that stuff. And the judgment, it cuts down. Like, I think it cuts down because they're recognizing people they've known for either their whole life or large chunks of their lives that they partied with and they drank with and they've seen drunk have had to reevaluate their relationship with alcohol, which then makes them evaluate their own. Yeah, I went to this party in Malibu. It was an open bar, like it was paid for. And I had already decided just because Malibu was windy that I wouldn't even have one drink while I was there. I mean, not windy, windy. But I rarely drink as it is anyway. And then I said I wasn't going to drink. And then someone else was like, oh, I'm not going to drink either. I'll hang out with you. And then someone else was like, oh, this is like the non-drinking group. So it was like six of us that hung out the whole night and weren't drinking. And it's like when you say that, more people are into it. So Every wedding I've gone to, people get excited when now that they know me. But before they knew me, when I was like, oh, I don't drink. The the amount of people who I could visibly see the relief on their faces Mm -hmm. being like, oh, my God, great. I'm not going to drink then, too. Mm -hmm. We can hang out. And I'm like, the fact that you felt obligated to do this, that's like our culture's fucked with that. Like, yeah. And now when people are like so excited. So like all the even now that we're older, it's all the pregnant girl, all the moms. And then people are like, oh, my God, you're going to be here. Great. We don't have to drink together. This is awesome. And no one's going to think I'm pregnant because Mm -hmm. I'm not drinking. And I was like, great. Perfect. Versus before, it would be like, why not? Just have one shot. I'm like, yep. no. Like, why is that fun for you? It's not. You're insecure. Well, that is it for our episode. If you want to leave this review on the podcast app, we appreciate it. And if you want to uh, call in for an upcoming episode, 
Leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976 and you can send us an audio message, international listeners, at meganpodcast at gmail.com. All the same things I said at the top of the episode apply for the call and voice memos. And if you are listening this far into the episode, head on over to our Instagram and comment Nancy Suss. Uh-huh. <laughs> and our Patreon if you want to sign up and we also have our merch available get it while you can yeah limited quantities left yeah and give us some words of encouragement to make some more merch okay well we will see you all next time and uh listen to our other podcast what am i wrong on thursday yeah goodbye goodbye is a production by me executive produced by melissa demonts and diamond imprint productions edited by coco lawrence post-production sound by chris henry production assistance by melanie d watson music by ryan hunter and giacomo picasso flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.